Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. Well, I am back after an unexpected hiatus. It was a lot longer break than I was intending originally. I had planned to have a Christmas episode for everyone, but I got very sick and ended up with laryngitis, and I was not able to get it out like I intended to. And then Christmas happened, and then some birthdays in our family. But I hope to be back to my regular schedule now. If you notice, I am releasing this on a Tuesday. I know that I had said in the last episode that I would be doing Thursday mornings for episodes going forward, but I just decided to go back to my regular Tuesday schedule. I am sorry about all that back and forth. So thank you so much for bearing with me. Before I start today's book, I wanted to go back very briefly to the fall reading recap That was the last episode. There was a book I left out that I had intended to share, and I just wanted to make a little bit of time to talk about it before I went in to the book I'll be talking about today. The book is called Wild Oak, and it's by C.C. Harrington. It's a middle grade novel. It's a new publication. My dear friend Julie Benny from the story shop put it in my hands and told me I needed to read it. It is a delightful little story. It's about a little girl who goes to stay with her grandfather. It's 1960s England, I believe. She goes to stay with him in, I think it's Cornwall, and it's wintertime. And she has a speech impediment and has been facing some very difficult things in her life. Simultaneously, a snow leopard is released out in the woods near her grandfather's house. It's very interesting. The snow leopard had been bought for someone's sister's birthday or Christmas present from Herod's, which was a thing that was done back at the time. And of course, as you would expect, in an apartment in London, a snow leopard is a very impractical gift. And the woman ends up having someone come and just release it into the wild. Well, this book is about the little girl's eventual friendship with this snow leopard. It's a very sweet story. It's very endearing. It has a very old-fashioned quality to it. So if you are a fan of those sweet stories from long ago, like the Noel Stretfield books and the like, you may enjoy Wild Oak. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I wanted to have a chance to recommend it to you. So today I am talking about A City of Bells by Elizabeth Gooch. If you have been around in the podcast, you know that Elizabeth Googe is one of my very favorite authors. I am doing my best to collect all of her titles and have my own little Elizabeth Googe collection. Her stories are imbued with such calm and peace that I love to pick up her stories when I need those qualities brought back into my life especially if it's a busy time or a lot of heaviness is going on around me. I have just finished reading The Dean's Watch for one of my book clubs, and I'm hoping to have a friend on soon in the next couple of months to talk about it. 
it's one of her favorite books. And oh my goodness, this book, it's one of those books that is just a heart book and it has the capacity to change your life if you will allow it. So I will be talking about that later, but back to A City of Bells. This was my second time to read it. So this time that I read it, it was around Advent. It was intended to be the Christmas book that I was going to share, but it's not strictly a Christmas book. So I'm still able to share it with you now. At the time I was reading it, I was reading two kind of heavy books for some other book clubs. One of them was The Children of Men by P.D. James, and the other one was A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Now, there's nothing wrong with either of those books, and I very much enjoyed reading them. But during Advent, the two combined were just emotionally taking their toll on me. So while I was looking for something to share on the podcast, I picked up A City of Bells by Elizabeth Googe again. And I just had this delightful ritual when I read it this past Christmas season. I would read it in our den where we keep our Christmas tree. So I would read it in the evening with the Christmas lights all aglow and light a candle that smelled like a Christmas tree because we have an artificial tree, much to my chagrin. And so I just had this lovely scent and this beautiful warm glow from the candle and from the Christmas tree lights. And I just immersed myself in the utter delight and beauty of A City of Bells. It takes place in a cathedral town called Torminster, and I just want to share a little quote from the very beginning of the book describing this cathedral town, and I hope you will find it as charming as I do. Torminster was a small cathedral town in the depths of the country, so far away from everywhere and so difficult to get at that it could hardly be said to belong to the contemporary world at all. And that's just a very, very brief description. But I love this idea of this little town tucked away, shielded from the hustle and bustle of the world. It is the story about a family and their friends and neighbors in this small cathedral town. It is a story that speaks of the value of one's vocations and callings in life. And it's a lovely meditation on Christian faith. I don't see it as heavy-handed. I love that about Elizabeth Googe. There is just such a, a truth to her writing when it comes to her Christian faith that it just springs to life out of the page and it doesn't feel stilted or didactic at all. It also has a prodigal son twist to it, which look for as you read it. One of its many wonderful qualities is that it follows the seasons of the year as well as the liturgical calendar, which I love. There's something about those qualities that ground the book and really give it place. And because of this very set place and devotion to the liturgical year and the seasons, we really get a sense of peace and comfort pervading the story of these dear characters. So some of the characters I would love to share with you, one is Henrietta, and she is featured in a few of the other books that follow A City of Bells. I have not read them. I have Henrietta's house, and I want to get a copy of Sister of the Angels. It's a little bit hard to track down, and it's pretty pricey, but it's on my list. Henrietta is the main focus, I believe, of those other two novels, and she takes a big role in this as well. But she is an orphan, and in the beginning, she is adopted by the patriarch of this family, who is Canon Fordyce of 
Torminster. I'll talk about him in just a minute. But Henrietta is a dreamer. She is able to see beauty all around her. She feels things very, very deeply. And she is just a lovely character that you will come to adore, I hope, as I did. Her adopted grandfather is Canon Fordyce, and he has the biggest heart and is always trying to see the good in other people. And he's a very devout Christian, and he's a man of great joy and great love. He watches over the people in his town and the members of his family and has this beautiful, as I said, capacity for love that spills over to all the people around him. Then there is also Jocelyn Irvin, who is a bit of the main character. He has come back from a war, I believe it's the Boer War, and has an injury. And he's coming back to this town with his grandfather and grandmother and his adopted niece and nephew that I'll talk about soon to heal to heal in mind and body and not knowing what he will do with his life. But he's hoping to figure that out once he gets there. And he does, as you will find out as you read the story. There's also Hugh Anthony, who is the grandson of Canon Fordyce and the adopted brother of Henrietta. Hugh Anthony is of a very practical mind. He's also very mischievous and he doesn't have a huge role in the book, but he does provide some comic relief. There is also the character of Felicity, who is an actress from London and often comes to the town to see her aunt. She is a bit of a romantic interest for Jocelyn, and she also serves to play a very central part in the plot of the story. Finally, there is a man named Gabriel Ferranti, and he is a poet who has mysteriously disappeared from the town. And he, of course, will play a big part in this story as it progresses. Now, one of the wonderful treats of reading an Elizabeth Gage book is that she includes a Christmas scene in many of her books, which, of course, I intended to share earlier. And if you read it during Christmas time, it's always just a wonderful treat. The scenes are always cozy and rich in Christmas traditions, but the moment is always grounded in the remembrance of Christ's birth. And in this book, it is also a turning point, Christmas Day, for the characters in the story. And it's one that will inexorably bind them all together. I can't say too much about what it is, but it is a collaborative effort on the parts of the adults in a dramatic performance. But perhaps my favorite part of this story is that a bookshop plays a central role in the plot. Jocelyn Irvin unintentionally ends up opening a bookshop in Torminster, and he actually takes over the home of Ferranti, which has been abandoned since his disappearance. And it serves to bind these two men together when they have never met, but Jocelyn discovers some of his papers and has some of his books, and it creates this kinship on Jocelyn's part with this man, and he has more of an understanding of him. The grandfather and Henrietta had known Ferranti before he disappeared and had a very deep attachment and friendship to the man. And they have great, especially the grandfather, have great concern for Ferranti's whereabouts and his the state of his soul. And through 
acquiring Ferranti's home and reading his papers and reading the books that he left, such as the poetry of Percy Shelley and I believe Keats, and also some of his Shakespeare plays that he had left, he really begins to understand Ferranti better. Ferranti has left some of his notes in the plays, and especially Hamlet. His copy of Hamlet plays a huge role in the story going forward. So if you love bookshops and all things booksellers and the coziness of a bookshop, then you will really appreciate the book for that aspect of it. I really had this validation as I read it of vocation and a kind of thinking of with the podcast of bringing good books into people's lives. And I felt a kinship to Jocelyn as he really took on his role as a bookseller in this town and and the importance of it with the people in it. And I, I actually want to read a quote that the grandfather tells Jocelyn and, and really encourages him in this vocation. In this scene, they're setting up the shop and the grandfather is telling Jocelyn, who has had his misgivings about starting up this bookshop because it was not his idea or his intention, but one of the nosier ladies in the town starts this rumor that he's going to start a bookshop. And Felicity is struck by the idea and thinks it would be perfect for Jocelyn and be perfect for the town. His grandfather does as well. So he falls into this role without ever having intended to take it on. So his grandfather, as as they're setting up the shop and, and they're getting ready for opening day, his grandfather is telling him about the friendliness of this vocation. He says it's the most friendly vocation in the world. And then his grandfather goes on to describe the vocation of a bookseller and its great role in society. So I want to read this very quickly. A bookseller, said grandfather, is the link between mind and mind, the feeder of the hungry, very often the binder up of wounds. There he sits, your bookseller, surrounded by a thousand minds all done up neatly in cardboard cases, beautiful minds, courageous minds, strong minds, wise minds, all sorts and conditions. And there come into him other minds, hungry for beauty, for knowledge, for truth, for love, and to the best of his ability, he satisfies them all. Yes, it's a great vocation. And he says later on, he's comparing a writer and a bookseller and how A writer sometimes can have an inflated ego, but he says about the bookseller, now your bookseller sinks his own ego in the thousand different egos that he introduces one to the other. Yes, moreover, his life is one of the wide horizons. He deals in the stuff of eternity and there's no death in a bookseller's shop. Plato and Jane Austen and Keats sit side by side behind his back. Shakespeare is on his right hand and Shelley on his left. Yes. Writers, from what I've seen of them, are a very queer lot, but booksellers are the salt of the earth. And I know I've found that in my own life going into the story shop of just the wonderful role that a bookseller can play in someone's life. And it's also my hope to do here with the podcast to bring you together with these wonderful writers and bring this beauty and this delight and this truth into your life. So I hope that you will read A City of Bells, and I hope that you will enjoy it as you read and allow yourself to just be enveloped in the beauty and the truth and the peace of Elizabeth Googe. I will say this little disclaimer that some people mistakenly 
I believe, will describe Elizabeth Googe as overly sentimental or a little saccharine, or they have misunderstood her works. To that, I would like to say for you to slough off any of that cynicism, which we so easily acquire in this day and age, which can creep in so quickly in my own life, and instead let the goodness and the beauty of her grown-up fairy tales refresh and comfort your spirit. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining me as I shared about this delightful book. I will be back in two weeks. And in the meantime, if you would like to connect, I finally have my website up. It is a work in progress. So bear with me on that. But it is a wellreadlife.com and you can contact me there. My email is beth at a wellreadlife.com. So if you would like to drop a note, if you have a book suggestion, If you have a book you would like me to read, I would love to hear from you. You can also find me on Instagram at wellreadbeth. Happy reading. Until next time. 